What is up, Internet? This is your host, Rafael Matuszewski, and I am bringing some special episodes together in this compilation version of the podcast. And we are going probably four years ago in the episodes of, like, 80 to 91. And the reason why I wanted to bring these four in particular because they kind of look at the bigger picture. And if you've been following my show for a while, you understand how the bigger picture for fitness, health, rehab, whatever your goal is for your health, it is more than just exercising every day eating right, sleeping right, it's more so the mental aspect, it's your environment, and the stuff that people don't really focus on, and then they get frustrated when they don't see you know any kind of result if they're going to the gym every single day, and still the weight scale is not going down. So in these four episodes that I chose, we go through mental health, giving yourself you know grace and not being too hard on yourself, um, being vulnerable, and empathy, and a kind of uh, devil's advocate episode of you know unconventional approaches to weight loss, where I kind of dig down deep into my history of binge eating and strict dieting, and how that kind of led me to where I am now, and you know it's taught me a lot, and I have used that to help others, and you know. It took me a while, but recovered fully, and I enjoy food, and I enjoy training, and I'm happy where where I'm at, and that's why I wanted to bring these four specific episodes together to kind of give you peace of mind, to give you a sense of purpose, and to give you a little bit of motivation to kind of keep going and, you know, not giving up, because getting into that mental state of I'm finally going to take my health in order is always super exciting. And when you get started, it's great. But then you first hit that wall of not seeing progress and you're tired, you're sore, and you don't want to do it anymore. It's really hard to get out of that rut. So these four episodes are definitely going to help guide you through these dark times. And I'm really excited to bring these up again out of the vault Because, again, I think these are four years old and still hold true today. And I apologize for my awkwardness in these episodes because I was still kind of starting out and trying to find my rhythm. And now here I am and I just can't stop talking. And you guys are probably annoyed by that. But regardless, here we go. Episode 80, 82, 88, and 89. Here it goes. Today what I want to talk about is mental health. I personally think it is something that's not you know spoken about written about or anything like that in my industry enough you know i've seen a couple articles and blogs posted but you know there's not enough about it you know everyone talks about fat loss and the best way to deadlift or here's a new core exercise like all those things are great but you know what what's what's going on deep inside you Right, so I've always been fascinated about what's going through a client's mind when they're having difficulty with weight loss. And it's not because, oh, I don't know what to cook. Oh, I don't know how to, you know, 
do a fat loss program oh i don't know it's usually not so surfaced it's something that's deeper and i think every good coach knows this that you know when a client you you, you give them homework to focus on eating more vegetables for example and you know you're coaching them and you see you're they're struggling with it you know one day they're doing it the other days they're, they're not doing it and then you ask them like oh what's what's going on and they tell you, you know, well, I just, I just don't feel motivated enough. And then, you know, if you guys listen to my motivation um, episode where it's actually a feeling and it's not just a thing, this makes sense. So they're not feeling motivated. Well, why aren't they feeling motivated? What's going on in their life? You know, is it their work life? Like, what's going on there? And you almost have to unveil what's going on in the client's mind and this is where you know coaches kind of go too far into you know the realm of being the therapist and I think as coaches we need to be better equipped on these types of topics and things because it happens every day you know clients come to you for help with weight loss but we all know that a simple of it's not simply just eat better and move more there's other factors that play in like sleep and what actually happens outside of the gym that you don't see them in the hour and mental health is one of them like what's happening in your client's life or the people listening that are just fitness enthusiasts what is happening in your life right now that might not be helping you reach your goal and I'm not saying that you know health has to be number one no matter what. Like you need to be okay inside your head before you can do anything. So I wanted to give an example of my own personal struggle. And I can't remember, you know, this could have been three or four weeks ago when this happened. I was going through a rough patch in my life. I felt hopeless. I felt like I had no I had no pleasure in my day-to-day life. I hated waking up. I didn't want to do anything. And the one thing that I always look forward to is going to the gym and lifting some heavy shit. And this is the first time in my life where I'm like I don't feel like doing that anymore. And then when that happened and when that when I realized that I was like holy fuck like there is something going on with me because usually I wake up in the morning I'm like fuck yeah I'm gonna go deadlift today whereas a client wakes up and they're like oh shit I need to go to the gym but then they end up going to the gym they see you know me and they're like okay it's not that bad because Raph's here and we're gonna like chat it out and we'll have a good time so for a trainer to not find pleasure in working out anymore I was like, damn, like there's something going on. And I was trying to like figure out what else was going on. So I, I was also looking at other, I want to call them symptoms, but other like clues to see if there was actually something mentally wrong with me. And I found that it was really hard to like focus on simple things. It was really hard to concentrate. Like I remember the one of the worst days for me, I, I couldn't even function like I when I was driving to work when I got home and I remembered what just happened in my commute I actually went through two intersections on a red light 
I don't know how I did not get like T-boned or into a car accident. And I was like, holy shit, like there is something going I just felt, and then when I remembered that, that, that ha- I was having such a bad day, everything felt like it was closing in on me. I was so irritable. My wife was like, what is going on with you? Because I don't know if you guys could tell just by my podcast interviews, but I'm a really happy person. Like I'm always in a good mood. And when I, I can tell when other people are in a bad mood and I like, there's something in me that I just have to get that person feeling better. And I think that's why I'm a good coach is because people come in with their struggles and I'm like, I am here to help you as much as possible. And I want you to get through this and I'm going to take you step by step to do so. So my wife was like, what is going on with you? And I was like, I just don't know. And, you know, there, there was a lot of stuff that I've been going through the last couple weeks, and it was all kind of just adding up, piling up, piling up, piling up, and it just, like, it just exploded on me. And I was like, fuck, what is going on? And, you know, like, I actually, like, searched up, like, my symptoms, and they all lead to signs of depression. And I'm like, holy fuck, I'm depressed. Like, how did this happen to me? And there was a few factors, you know, like... I work a lot. I'm really, really motivated to build my online business, build my in-person build business, and just overall helping as many people as possible. Because as I look at it, my main goal is to build my business. My business is able to expand and reach more people. I want to help as many people as possible out there. So this is why I'm so, so motivated to do so. So I end up working like 16 hour days in order to reach my goals and then you combine that with other factors in my life that were happening it just it was just too much it was like I didn't take time to focus on my mental health and I really really regret it and you know some people think it's taboo to talk about what's going on inside them, what's going on in their life. But really, like we spend money on coaches in every aspect in our life, but our mental health. Why is it such a big deal to not talk about our mental health? You have to almost keep it quiet. You know, people don't go around like, oh, I just hired this new therapist and like, she's great. No, you never hear people talk about stuff like that. You always hear about, oh, yeah, I just hired this new trainer. He's awesome because he makes me do burpees and sweat a lot. No, you don't hear people saying, oh, man, yeah, yesterday at my session with my therapist, we got through some awesome stuff. You know, I cried a little bit, whatever. Like, no, you don't hear about that. I don't understand why people feel ashamed or, you know, embarrassed that they hired a therapist to work through some shit. Like... I'm still, like I said this on my show before, like I'm still, that's one of the things I really want to do. And it really seems kind of stupid for me to say that I haven't had the time to do so. But, you know, that's what a client would say. I just haven't made it a priority in my life. But it's on my list and I'm going to do it one of these days to work out my shit. But, you know, I I hit a point where I was like, holy crap, like I'm depressed. Like I need to do something about it. And... There's a couple things that I've read, I've learned over the years, and you need to almost audit your life. What are the things that are making you miserable right now? 
and this will lead into fitness at the end. Don't worry. But right, right, like right now, to really think about what's going on in your life that's causing you stress, like bad stress, that's making you feel miserable, that makes you feel like it's not a fuck yes, I get to do this, and it's just like, yeah, I have to do this. You know, auditing your inner circle is a term that Gary Vaynerchuk always uses. Think about the five people you spend the most time with. That is the sum of you. So those five people, think about how much they make per year. That is going to be the sum. The average of those five people will be the average how much you make per year. Those same five people will be the average of your relationships. Are they all married? Are they all divorced? Are they seeing someone or not serious? Blah, 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 blah. You can, the list can go on, but that is going to be the average of you. The five people you hang out with the most is the average of you. And I think John Spencer Ellis said this on my show way, way back last year. You know, I can't remember who came up with this, you know, analogy, but it's true if you really think about it. Now, think about if any of those people are causing you to be miserable. Why are you hanging hanging on to them? You know, it's kind of like the analogy of a high school relationship when, you know, obviously the guy or the girl wants to break up but they can't do it because it's not that simple you know they're almost just staying in the relationship just because and it's silly to think about that so that's one thing that you really need to dig down deep and this could also be you know a work thing like is your work that you're doing right now really making you happy or is it just you know, something to do in order to get a paycheck? Why do you have to stay in something for so long that causes you no happiness whatsoever? And day in, day out, you're like a zombie going to work and you're like, oh my God, I can't wait for the weekend. Why not have a job where, you know, you enjoy actually going there? You enjoy the people there. I know this is all easier said than done, but what if you made it your prime focus to be happy? Like, really think about that first. What if, rather than thinking like, oh, I need to get this done for this deadline. Oh, I need to do this, blah, blah, blah. I need to do this. I need to do this and that. Why not think about life, actually? This, this is getting deep. I, don't, I did not think I was going to get this. Like, By the way, when I do these solo podcasts, I am not at all like here are the points I want to go through. I wrote down some notes. No, I'm just going off the top of my head. So going back to feeling happy, think about if your purpose in life right now is just to make yourself happy. What are the things that you need to change right now to do so? And this will help your mental health. So if you're at all feeling sad or down, depressed or whatever, focus on one or two things that you can change right now that will make you happy. What if it was spending an extra hour with your kids at home rather than working on stuff that doesn't really need to be done for tomorrow? What if it's, you know, spending a little bit more time with your pet, like your dog? Like, I love my dog to pieces. And sometimes I catch myself where I'm working 16-hour days. I'm like, I haven't even cuddled with my, my dog, Misty. And I'm like, 
you know, fuck this. I'm closing my laptop. I'm going to go over and, like, hug the crap out of her until she gets annoyed and growls at me, right? And this goes straight back into this whole fitness thing. If you're feeling depressed, sad, low, what kind of success rate do you think you're going to have going into the gym, making all your meals, and living the so-called healthy life? That's probably not going to happen, is it? You need to start with yourself inside what's going on to make sure your brain's right, your mind's right, and whatever you're thinking is on point with what you want to achieve in your life. And the moment you can do that, man, like you can achieve so much. And I'm just going to end it right there and hopefully that gave you some insight on why mental health is so important when it comes to your success in weight loss or really anything in life. You know, figure out yourself, figure out what you want to achieve and then the lim- like there's no limit. There's no limit to what you can do. And I really really hope if there's anyone struggling out there with depression or any other kind of mental issue like reach out You don't know how much power there is if you just talk to somebody. They don't even have to be a therapist. Like, imagine if you had a friend that would just, like, open their minds and hearts to what you have to say, and then you let all that out, how much better you'll feel. You don't know the power of someone just listening. And you know what? If that doesn't work, that's okay. Go down the route and... Find a therapist. Like, if you're an introvert like I am, fuck, email me. I don't care. Reach out to me on Facebook, and I'm glad to be like, hey, totally get it. Just chat it out. Like, I'm here for you guys, and anyone that's struggling, like, just reach out. Hopefully, you guys got something out of this. I just rambled for close to 20 minutes on a topic that I didn't think I was going to have anything to say, but... Here we are, and I just put that together. I hope, I hope, I hope, I hope I you know, broke through some barriers for you guys. And until next time, you guys, and rant a little bit, kind of go off topic, and, uh, you know, we'll, we'll see where this goes. So I just want to bring up uh, one of my videos I just posted, and... You know, I got a lot of good traction on it, and a lot of people commented that, you know, this was one of my best videos, you know, I really connected to the client, and really showed my vulnerability. And if you haven't seen the video, I will link it into the show notes in this episode, so you can watch it, but, you know, to summarize what I was talking about is, you know, I titled the video, I Fucked Up, and I think that's what kind of grabbed a lot of attention of people, <clears throat> and what... I was talking about is, you know, for the first time in a while, uh, I haven't gone and worked out for about three weeks. And for most people trying to, you know, lose weight, gain muscle, whatever their goal is, you know, taking time off the gym for three weeks is probably going to put them into a bad habit of not wanting to go back to the gym. Um, so to kind of give you a little background, Um, I went to Europe 
for a while. I went to London, Dublin, and Poland, which is my home country, to kind of see where I came from and just explore it. And, you know, for 10 days I was gone and there was no way for me to work out. There absolutely no, like there was no time because I jam-packed as much as I could see in those countries as possible. And the only downtime I had was basically eat dinner and then go to sleep and do the same thing the next day and explore the cities. So even the week leading up to um, the trip, I uh, pulled my neck from waking up, which is like the most embarrassing thing ever. It's like, oh, why can't you work out today? It's like, oh, I went to sleep and now my neck is fucked. Um, So I wasn't able to work out the week prior to my trip. And when I came back from my trip, you know, I was transitioning into my new gym space. I maybe got in one workout. I was still, still like trying to, you know, get my shit together and prep for my new gym and prep my clients, programs, social media, like everything. And, you know, when I came back and I'm finally just getting into the rhythm again, I realized I'm like, oh shit, it's been like three weeks since I've literally worked out the last time I was here. So I was just thinking about, you know, if a client went through the same thing I did, you know, they'll probably think like, oh man, I'm such a failure. Um, Oh man, I can't believe I waited this long. You know, what's another week? What's another month that it's not going to make a difference if I go back and try to do what I did before. I'm going to be too sore. I don't want to do that to myself, blah, 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 blah. You can, you know, make a whole list of what a client or someone trying to lose weight would say in their mind. And I made this video to kind of show to people that are on this quest for weight loss that, you know, fucking up is part of the journey. I don't know how this all started that, you know, when you're trying to lose weight, everything has to be perfect. Like everything has to be linear that, you know, step one through step 10, you have to do this and this and this to progress. And it's, you know, by step 10, you're successful, you lost 30 pounds, whatever it is, and boom, it's done. But a lot of people tend to forget that, you know, being a perfectionist or perfectionism in general doesn't necessarily lead to no success. It has its downfalls, right? So someone who's a perfectionist that wants to start their weight loss journey, they're probably thinking to themselves like, you know, I'm going to go to the gym when I'm fitter, right? Like you probably heard that saying before, or maybe you've even thought of it like, you know, I'm going to go to the gym when I'm ready, when I'm fit enough. You know, like it doesn't make sense to me. That doesn't like, because if you're a perfectionist, that's how you're going to think that, you know, I'm going to go to the gym and touch the weights when I'm a little bit more fitter. So I'm going to, you know, do stuff around the house or go for a walk. And we all know that that usually never happens. So eventually say you end up going to the gym because you're finally fitter and, you know, you're hoping to do X, Y, and Z, lose 40 pounds, and you place this plan ahead of you, and then something happens in your life that you can't go to the gym, now it's over. Like that, say that one week you missed the gym, you're probably going to fall into a spiral of, oh, you know, now because I missed a week, it's not going to be the same. You know, I have this thing, and I got to do this, I got to do that, and everything kind of just falls apart. So the thing I try to 
you know, get after my clients and on my online clients is to teach them that failure is part of your success. So I use this term called the safety net. And I don't think I've actually really explained this to my clients. I just do it without them knowing. So the moment I start coaching somebody, I want to develop a safety net around them that if anything happens to them, they know they're going to be okay. So an example like this is, you know, I had a client that I'm training online that, you know, she likes to emotionally eat. And, you know, I check in with my clients every single day through email. And, you know, one day I just typed a quick email. I'm like, hey, how's it going? What's going on? Like, how's your eating today? How would, how did the gym go? Like, is there anything you want to update me on? And... She replies back that, you know, she feels really bad. She feels really guilty. And, you know, she had like two slices of pizza for lunch where she knows she should have had her prepped meals that she really wanted pizza. And then she ate it. And then she feels really bad. And she feels like all of everything she worked up to just like diminished. And I'm like, awesome. She's like, what do you mean awesome? I'm like, that's fucking awesome that you screwed up. That's fucking awesome. And she was like almost confused. She's like, what do, you, what do you what do you mean? Like, aren't you mad at me? And it, it's so strange that clients think that if they're not perfect and they do something that the coach doesn't want them to, they're a complete failure. And then when they present failure to me, I celebrate it. I'm like, F yeah, you did it. You fell on your face, you tripped, you scraped your knee. That's awesome. And then they get this confused look and thought pattern like, well, what's going on here? I thought you're going to be mad at me. I thought, you know, the whole world's going to end. And I'm like, no. So this is the safety net. I create this net that for anything that goes wrong, they're going to know that it's going to be okay. It takes a little while because it's practice. And sometimes... You know, a client will tell me like, hey, you know, I want to do this cleanse. And I know all the coaches listening are like, oh, my God, fucking cleanses, diets, detoxes. That's so stupid. But for me, like if you've been listening to my podcast, I've been a little like I think a little bit different about it because like, you know, a client takes the time to learn about a new diet or cleanse or whatever it is. And, you know, they set their mind like I want to change my eating. I want to do this thing. And they tell me and I'm like, perfect, let's do it, even though that I know most likely they're going to fail miserably at it. I want them to fail and like cancel out things that didn't work. So the moment they fail on a cleanse, diet, detox, or whatever stupid thing that they found online, I'll ask them like, what went right? What went wrong? What did you not like? And what did you do? Did like, and then they're like, Oh, I thought you would, you know, be mad at me or something. I'm like, no, like, This is all information. You're adding more information, more pieces to the puzzle to see how you work the best. So then, you know, they start answering all those questions and they're like, you know what? This worked really well for me, but X, Y, and Z didn't work. So maybe we can just do this and then add whatever you think is good. So anything that your clients do or if you're a person that's trying to lose weight, anything you come across of... Think of your body as almost like an experiment. Think of, you know, you know, I've heard that this cleanse loses 20 pounds in the first week. I'm going to try to see if it actually works. And if it actually works and you keep with it, like, awesome. If you fail at it, whatever. So going back to my original point that, you know, building a safety net 
that everything's going to be okay even if you fail is a huge, huge win for yourself and if you're a coach with clients. So, you know, now when I have my online clients um, kind of get used to the idea that failure is part of their success because now you're canceling out things that don't work and you basically lead them to the way you want them coached because we all know as coaches that you know everybody should be drinking this much of water they should be eating vegetables they should be eating lean meat and blah 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 blah. but it's kind of hard to just tell your clients do this and then have them do it they almost have to go in like a giant circle fail at something, go back, recycle what information they had, start using it, they see progression, and then they go back down in the circle. And it's called like the recycling method, right? That you see them progress, they hit a bump, they go back down, they recycle the information they were using before, and they're like, oh, this is working. And it kind of just loops over and over and over and over again until you cancel out all the stupid crap out there and you basically just lead them right towards where they should be And they're like, oh, okay, this is how it works. So, you know, getting across that message of, hey, if you fuck up, perfect. Tell me about it. I want to know. I want to know what you were thinking. I want to know what happened. And let's figure out where to go from there. So now that you've taken this, like, pressure off your client or, you know, if you're a person who's trying to lose weight, if you know deep down if you, you know, you made this, New Year's resolution to start eating clean and lose 10 pounds and you know the first week you're awesome then you go to your friend's house and you had a slice of cheesecake you don't need to feel guilty because now you know that hey I fucked up by eating a cheesecake it's okay it's not gonna affect me and another way I put this into clients that so that example I had earlier of my client having two slices of pizza and felt like everything was going down the shit I was like okay well Let's look at your habits. So for all of you guys who don't know how I coach nutrition, I coach by habits. So I brought up her habit sheet and I'm like, you've done, you know, these four habits that you've never done in your life. You drink more water, you're eating protein at breakfast and lunch, and you're working out three days a week. And I can't remember what the fourth one was on top of my head right now, but I'm like, you've never done those in your life until we started coaching together. Do you really think that two slices of pizza one day a week is going to undo all of that in the last five months? She was like, no, there you go. Like, that's not a big deal. So creating the safety net for yourself and for your clients is going to be a huge win and it's going to make you and your clients think a little bit differently when it comes to diet and exercise essentially you know the word diet just seems like so restricted but if you have nutrition coaching where it allows you to make mistakes and then you know it's not going to affect the long-term result then you can do anything so for all of people out there that are trying to lose weight and you feel like you screwed up because you skipped a meal, you had a chocolate bar, you didn't work out today, you didn't work out the for a week or anything that you feel like would not progress you to your goal, it's okay. As long as you just show up when you get a chance to do your best. You know, it only becomes an issue when you don't show up after your mistake. You know, I kind of look at it like, 
the people that say they forget to go to the gym on Monday, they're like, oh, I'll go on Wednesday. And this is your chance to kind of redeem yourself, right? And then the people are like, oh, I already missed the gym on Monday. I won't go Wednesday. I'll start fresh on um, on the following Monday. That's kind of like if you had to compare it to, I don't know, resolving a conflict at work. Like you're avoiding it constantly. And then every week that goes by that you don't, I don't know, say talk to your boss that you need a day off because you're so stressed out, it just gets worse and worse and worse. So if you kind of look at it that way, all you're doing to give yourself a second chance is just proving to yourself that you can take on this conflict. And I know it's easier than said than done, but it's a skill to develop. Um, So hopefully that kind of made sense. I've been rambling on about it, but to summarize, build a safety net around you, knowing that if you fuck up, it's going to be okay. The next day is a new day. Crush that day, and you will be successful. So to get into this episode, I want to talk about you know strict diets. So this is going to be kind of directed more to the fitness enthusiasts of the show that are not coaches and many of the coaches or maybe even the newer coaches might find something out of it. But I want to kind of talk about this whole idea of strict dieting and also like my own personal experience. So maybe that's where I'm going to start off. So a year ago, I had my wedding and, you know, just like everybody else, you know, you want to be as fit as possible and, you know, look good for your wedding, blah, blah, blah. And, you know, I was also going to Mexico, so I was like, oh, I want to look good. And, uh, you know, me being a coach, I was like, oh, okay, this is a perfect opportunity to try a diet that would, you know, cut down weight as quickly as possible. So if anybody remembers back in, like, I think it was 2011, 2012, when John Berardi came out with this, like, I think it was like a shredded diet, how, how to cut weight quick or something like that. Like, essentially in four weeks, you would just drop the pounds completely. And I was like, oh, this is a perfect time for me to do this. Um, so I think, so my wedding was uh, first weekend of November. So I was like, okay, so the beginning of October, I'm going to go, you know, into this thing as, you know, 100% and no looking back. So I think my calories went down to anywhere from 1,300 to 1,500. It was super low. And, you know, my portions were so small. Like, I was also doing intermittent fasting. That's how I eat every single day. Um, And I can probably talk about intermittent fasting some other episode because it's really detailed and there's so many different variations out there. But um, going that low in calories and eating three times a day was very depressing for me. And... I remember one time I miscalculated my calories and macros and my dinner ended up being, I think it was like three ounces of chicken breast and like a tablespoon of peanut butter. And I was like, oh, well, I'm done for the day, right? So, you know, at the end, it was finished. Like, it worked. It, I think I dropped, I think a good 12 pounds or 13 pounds in four weeks. And I was like sitting at like 154, 155, and I usually walk around at like 165. 
So, you know, it worked. And I looked great, and it was awesome to go back to eating normally and, you know, not thinking about, oh, I need to calculate this to make sure I can eat it. And, you know, I went to Mexico, and that's where, fuck, I... (laughs) I think I drank more alcohol in my life than any other time of my life, along with the amount of food that I ate. And, you know, allowing myself and, you know, any person that went through a diet going into that kind of binge cycle, you almost want to, like, keep it going because it just feels good because you've been depriving yourself for so long. And this is where, like, this whole dieting idea becomes a mental game, right? So... You know, fast forward a year from that moment, because we're already in December, um, you know, I haven't been as lean as I was before when I did that, you know, weight loss cutting diet thing that I got from Berardi, and I still don't have the urge or the discipline or the mental capacity to go on to a cutting diet and try to keep the results as much as much as possible. And I, even though that was like a year ago, I still feel like I've been deprived. So I took a month where I went on a really, really, really strict diet where I just could not consume anything that I wanted. And till this day, I still feel like I need to, oh, I should have one more beer, or I need another slice of cake, or I need another slice of pie because I'm not gonna have it, even though I'm not like dieting anytime soon. But in my head, like on some conscious level, I still want to have something extra because I know because I know that I'm not going to have it again, but I'm not going to be dieting anytime soon. So that's really fucked up if you think about it. So my point is, you know, when clients decide to go down this route, this is what I've always been thinking about. I'm like, if I went through this kind of phase till this day where I'm like, Constantly, if I'm eating something, my guy should have one more bite or I should have one more slice of this or whatever because I'm not going to have another chance to. Imagine how clients feel when they've probably been through a strict diet eight or nine, 12, 15 times in their lifetime. Like that has to put some serious damage in their heads when it comes to food. And then you wonder why coaches get frustrated when their clients are not doing what they're meant to do and then why the client feels frustrated that the weight is not coming off and they feel like going on to another diet that restricts them is the answer so when you look at the big picture like that and this is this is why i think a lot of coaches need to have you know personal experiences with this kind of stuff right I've seen some great coaches that have been fit their whole life that have so much empathy that they can understand what a client goes through, but those are slim to none. Like I've not met many people like that, but I really feel that this is one area that a lot of coaches don't have enough experience. And, you know, it's kind of a good and bad thing that I've gone through these things and I have a better relationship with clients to understand what they're going through. But, you know, it's really, really messed up how we perceive food and what it can do to our bodies. But, you know, we're kind of set up for failure because we have all this marketing, 
you know, going through our social media saying that, you know, you can have six pack abs and a strong core and then the videos of a guy or a girl with a six pack and they've been fit their whole life and you're like, oh, I can look like that if I do this workout from this app that I just download and then I can spend another $2 on the app to get the exclusive version, blah, 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 blah. This is why it's so frustrating for people to lose weight and you know, people always fall back on these this idea of a strict diet is going to fix everything, right? Like it's going to fix the 15 years worth of bad eating habits and, you know, physical habits that you've obtained over the years. And I think as coaches, we need to do a better job to educate, but not just like, you know, it was really easy to start reading something and be like, oh, did you know that X, Y, and Z is blah, 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 blah? Yeah, that works for some people, but to really kind of get to into the, like, the deeper layers of what your client's thinking. And th- this is kind of the hard part. Like if I could physically tap into someone's head and kind of guide them in the right direction, then God, I'd be a billionaire to figure that out. But, you know, as coaches, we can only lead the client so far, and they have to make that you know next step. And and I think the idea where if you actually take time to shut off like everything in your life, and you actually get to sit down and stay around with your own thoughts and really think of different like solutions to fix whatever the hell is going on in your life, I think is an underlooked you know. Um, path to success because when was the last time you actually felt you know bored like when was the last time you didn't have something vibrating ringing giving you dings or someone just messaged you on Facebook messenger like when was the last time you never heard any of those triggers or sounds right like I'm not going to say that I've done it like I don't even remember the last time and you know, being alone in your thoughts is where your brain can actually function at, you know, top level. And you'd be kind of surprised um, what you can come up with. And actually, no, I can remember the last time is when I first, you know, got my dog, I, I was like, you know, the new parent where I would walk her like six times a day. And being outside and walking her for, you know, 15 minutes every single time with, you know, no phone. I don't know why I just kind of started going outside with no phone. And a lot of my best ideas comes through my head when I am outside and all you hear is like the wind, the cars passing by, and your dog smelling the ground. Like a lot of my ideas for my business, uh, where I want to build my life towards to what kind of financial goals I want to accomplish, what, you know, goals I want to accomplish with my marriage, like everything important pops into my head during those times. And then when I come home, I'm like, okay, well, what can I do to accomplish that? And now I have that second, second layer of thinking. So I think this idea of, you know, taking time to yourself with no distractions is something that people don't use often and this kind of day and age if you go down that route you'd be surprised how successful you'd be um compared to others who don't actually take the time you know like 
take 10 minutes like shut like close your laptop close your turn off your phone that's the other thing when was the last time you turned off your phone like i don't remember the last time i actually you know shut my iphone down and just sit there see what comes into your head and maybe ask yourself a few questions and things might pop up that you never would have thought of if you were just like oh i have free time let's see what's happening on facebook and you're just scrolling and scrolling and scrolling and not even thinking about anything so to kind of wrap this whole thing up because i've been kind of blabbering about whatever um strict diets suck they mess up your mind and sometimes it will take years if not longer to really recover from doing something like that and this is why people you know fall victim to going into a cycle of different strict diets over and over again trying to lose that 10 pounds and then they wonder why they're still fat um and the other thing i want you and people to start thinking about is different ways to get to your goal and this idea of actually shutting everything out for your brain to actually function the way it should could be that way like something might just come to you and be like holy crap i've been doing this for this long and i can't believe why i'm still doing it i need to figure out a way to stop that could be it i could be wrong who knows but there's something to think about like you know next time you're driving your car turn off the turn off the music turn off your podcast not this podcast obviously uh, um but just like talk to yourself like let thoughts run through your your mind and see what happens because you never know that might lead you to the answer and today what i want to get into is a topic that actually was brought up to me from on cosgrove that i interviewed last thursday and i think the way i structured my question to him was you know is it important for a coach to um, you know, have enough empathy for clients to understand them to a point where they can get them successful. And if that coach needs some sort of, you know, life experience to mimic what the client's going through. And, you know, the typical um, example I give is, you know, a lot of coaches get into this industry as, you know, they're college career as a athlete didn't work out so they're like oh i'm gonna go train people they hope to train pro athletes but they end up you know training general population and there's some sort of disconnect between client and trainer trainer gets frustrated and it goes into that whole rabbit hole of i want to fire a client but again there's a lot of coaches out there that are in that category but they can connect to clients really really well so when I brought this up to Alan Cosgrove, he mentioned, you know, a lot of coaches out there don't have, they've never experienced what a client has gone through. They've never hired someone to help them from a vulnerable state from point A to point Z and be successful at it, right? Like, it's really easy to be like, oh, okay, then I'm going to hire a coach to help me with my deadlift. Yeah, but it might not transfer over because you hire this coach. The coach says you need to do X, Y, and Z. 
each and every week and I'm going to check in on you. And as a coach, you're like, okay, I'm going to do it. No problems. You're not facing what a regular person would face. So then I started really thinking about this. And, you know, I thought that I had the upper edge because I used to be overweight. I used to feel what clients would feel. I would, you know, be ashamed to go out in public. I would feel horrible comparing myself to others when I didn't look like anybody else that was relatively fit. And now because I got over that, I thought I always thought that I had this edge to better communicate, better connect with the client that I'm trying to help. So I was like, okay, well, what can I do to put myself into a vulnerable position and get coached out of that to, you know, kind of get over whatever I'm dealing with. And I actually honestly don't know where I'm going to go with this, but my initial thought was like, you know, I've always been thinking about I should go to therapy, you know, hire a psychologist and see what we dig up what's the major underlying issue of how I work and how to kind of overcome those issues. And the reason why I thought about this is because that's like the most vulnerable thing I could do and then eventually speak on my experience, write about my experience to fully understand what a client would be going through when they're trying to lose weight. Now, this would be almost like a challenge to every coach listening out there to put, just, just think about the most vulnerable thing in your life and see if you can actually, you know, put it out there and try to overcome it. And then thinking about that that's what clients go through every single day you know they wake up and they're like oh shit i have the gym today i have a million things i need to take care of and i have to deal with this thing at work and i have to go home and deal with blah blah blah. and at the same time you have a coach that might not understand what they're going through in their life telling them that you know you're just being lazy you just need to push through you need to go do it that might not be the best Approach. So now thinking about your most vulnerable thing in your life, if you had someone in your life saying that, oh, you're just being lazy and there's something wrong with you, just like go do it, you'd kind of be like, oh, fuck off. Like I don't, <laughs> that's, that's not how it's going to go. So my whole thing and what I'm going to dive into next is to look for a therapist and really put myself in the most vulnerable position and try to work through my shit just so I can better understand what the people I'm training are going through. And I think this is kind of like next level stuff when it comes to coaching, you know? And even like young coaches, this might sound stupid, but this is what's going to take you to the next level. And all the, you know, fitness enthusiasts that listen to the show that, maybe looking for a coach this is what i've been kind of preaching the last year on this podcast is that there's some certain requirements of a coach you should kind of look for and my big one was you know find a coach that's bleeding passion like they will do whatever it takes to make you successful but then also ask like 
what are they doing for personal development? And I truly believe that personal development is so big. Like coaches don't need to constantly be reading books on training. They should be also reading on stuff that will, you know, help them just become a better human being. And also that helps with, you know, life experience, but there's ways to make that come by faster, right? If you're actually taking the time to, dive into stuff that you don't know that might sound hokey or like stupid but they will give some sort of benefit so all the clients out there or people that are looking to hire coaches like ask them you know like what are you kind of working through right now and that's kind of one of the questions I ask my guests on my show like these successful coaches and business owners you know what are they struggling with and you'd be surprised that, you know, all these coaches, they're not perfect people. They have their own shit that they're trying to get through. And the key is to see if they're actually willing to let that vulnerability out and work on it. So kind of random thoughts, but I think this is kind of the next level stuff to kind of separate the rep counter coach to the coach that's going to take you to places in your life that you would never imagine. So I'm kind of curious to see if I can get any feedback or thoughts on this topic from you guys listening. So feel free to reach out and let me know what your thoughts are and kind of start this conversation and kind of, you know, push it into the industry and see what happens. So I'm going to leave it off at that. All right, everyone. So that's going to wrap up this special compilation episode. Hopefully that kind of gave you some clarity, some ideas, some thoughts, or just kind of, you know, put you in a mental state of a little bit more guidance or motivation. But regardless, I really hope that these helped. If you need any more help or want to reach out, feel free to do that through Facebook or Instagram. So hit the show notes and add me on those too. And put your name down for my ebook on that pre-sale list because we are getting really close to the release date. I'm actually really close to putting that out on social media when I'm going to be releasing my book in the new year because I am like 98% done editing and formatting the ebook and next step is putting the website together and you know start advertising this thing so I'm really excited about that so don't miss out if you hit the show notes and hit the google form that I have up there you just put your name and email down and I'm only going to email you um, the day that you can purchase my book before anyone else. So even before I do the official Facebook and Instagram post online that my book is available, you guys will get it first before anyone and with a special discount. So don't miss out. Put your name on there and get ready for my biggest project and honestly the best work I've ever put out. I am so excited about it. And eventually I will do a full-on Um, episode on it and maybe a little presentation on it too so super excited about that and that is it for me this week until next time you guys